Hey there, folks. Trustworthy Fat Kev Smith. Before we start casting the pods, man, let me try to sell you something first, okay? Do you like me? Do you like my friends Jason Muse, uh, Ralph Garman? Then guess what? We're coming to a town near you, man. We're coming your way, man. Come see a Smod Co. show. Tickets at csmod.com. That's S-E-E-S-M-O-D.com. Now, if you can't come to one of our shows, you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to support this two-bit operation? Well, how about you kick back in your home with some family and friends and loved ones and play Monopoly. Jay and Silent Bob strike back Monopoly. That's right, man. You can buy from jayandsilentbob.com, the home of the secret stash, right there online, a signed edition of uh, Jay and Silent Bob strike back Monopoly. Me and Muse sign it, man. Jason Muse, Jay himself, me, Silent Bob. Uh, and the parts are real fun, man. They got a little cock knocker, a little fist, a little, uh, a little Suzanne, a little blunt mobile. It's crazy, man. Get your hands on it. You get drunk, get stoned, and play a round of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back Monopoly available signed by me and Jason Muse at jayandsilentbob.com Now, here comes your Smodco podcast Geek News Reviews Commentary, not just another podcast Are the ordinary people broadcast Evil existed long before good I am all Here comes your host, Kyle A. Barrett, of the World Steve. Welcome to the Big Ball Broadcast, episode 25 of all the geeky news you can use. Hi, this is Kyle A. Barrett. I'm a voice actor for anime and video game here on the West Coast. And your co-host on the East Coast, of the World Steve. And this week, I'm back to being a historian. Oh, this week. Okay. All right. What caused the change? I quit being a historian. I threw my little temper tantrum. I was like, fuck this. I'm not going to do it. As you know, and as some of us of our listeners may know, I've been working on a book, an epic tome for, uh, this summer will be nine years that I've been working on it. And I got so frustrated with our government, the United States government. Uh, that's such a blanket term, but the, the military side, the, uh, the army and the Navy in particular, not giving me shit. So I, I had my temper tantrum and I quit. And right after I quit, I, I came home yesterday, as a matter of fact, to a big fat envelope in the mail. And I was like, oh, this is too good. I can't quit just yet. Ooh. Well, that's interesting. Every it time is. You blink, you, <laughs> yeah, you blink and then something happens. Or, or just, That's just like in, in the acting world. You think, oh, shit, no one's ever going to hire me again. I might as well just quit. And then suddenly someone hires you. I went a year without getting anything. And I thought, okay, this is it. I'm blackballed. It, it's over. Um. But yeah, I'll just, I'll leave it at that because I want people to be intrigued when my book comes out another eight years from now. This is what they say in the business as a tease. We're, we're, we're just total teasers. Can you tease something for eight years? Does that count? For eight years. That's, that's a pretty big tease. You're going to be in an old folks home and be doing a, your first signing from the deathbed, I guess. I actually started the second book, um, two weeks ago. That'll be done a lot faster. Uh, but I'm doing a lot of uh, original research, and it's all about uh, the spread. All right, first of all, disclaimer, okay? I'm, I'm saying it from the times, not how I feel. <laughs> but it's it's about the spread of colored uh, Freemasonry in the South as a result of the Civil War. So I find it incredibly interesting. Most people are probably yawning or rolling their eyes right now, but that will probably be my first published release would, would be about that, and then I'll get around to the mosquitoes. Hmm. Okay. 
Well, meanwhile, uh, I've been looking at our Twitter feed, at BB Broadcast, see what people are, are, are talking about. Of course, I'm bummed about this one. Uh, Constantine, not picked up by NBC. Not a surprise, either, because uh, the ratings were never that good. It was on a shitty night, blah, blah, blah. But uh, Warner Brothers had actually... You know, holds the right to the DC characters and everything and, and the, the TV series. The producer on his Twitter feed has said that do not give up hope yet. Uh, some, some ceremony, uh, some celebrities actually took to Twitter. Um, guy who plays Arrow. I forgot his name. Crap. You guys know him. William Shatner even. It's like, Hey, CW, why don't you pick up the show? You know, Flash and Arrow are doing so well for DC. Why not? Port Constantine over there, and I was sitting there thinking, well, NBC owns sci-fi. Why don't they go to sci-fi? But, uh, so, it's dead in the water, but not totally dead. I think it has a better chance nowadays with uh, these different avenues and different, you know, new networks and, and streaming options and all that. Better than back in the day when I bitched about Firefly. <laughs> so, it's, there's that. Uh, I wanted to thank Discorded Haru at, at, on Twitter for uh, linking me to that, although my feed was was alive all day, saying, it's not canceled, it's canceled, it's not canceled, it's canceled. And then everyone said, okay, it's fine, it's canceled. It's not being brought back. But um, I'm holding hope until something from, from the makers of the show actually said, all right, we've shopped it around, no one wants to pick this up, it's dead, sorry guys. Then, then, I'll, then I'll move on, sadly, I guess, something like that. Have you ever been passionate about a show like that, Steve? <laughs> I'm I'm having a hard time really recalling something that I watched religiously on TV that I was that passionate about. For me, a lot comes back to again, you know, Fullmetal Alchemist, the first incarnation, not Brotherhood. Um, I wish that was an epic series like Dragon Ball Z. Wish that was close to 300 episodes instead of I think it's 52. Mm-hmm. Um, but on TV, no, there's nothing I can say. I'm really bummed that isn't around anymore because shit, you know, just give it a few years and they'll bring it back anyways. That's true. Oh, thanks, Alan S. Stephen Amell. Yeah, there he is. Stephen Amell uh, from Arrow. I was one saying, hey, I'm willing to, to show up. If you pick up this show, I'll guest on it. And now I was just reading a few minutes before we started recording that Arrow, uh, that Constantine, the character, could show up on Arrow. Like, okay, maybe that would help generate some buzz. I'd be down for that. What's well, a beautiful thing when everybody's realized this whole shared universe thing. So even though the series as that series may not exist anymore, there's still a tremendous opportunity for all kind of crossover events. And you're talking about crossovers within crossovers with uh, Flash and Arrow. So at this point, why the fuck not? Yeah. I mean, when we grew up, we didn't have this, dare I say, glut of, of superhero shows. We We dreamed of having this and all we had was... Or, or comic books that we, we hope would be turned into movies. And now it's pretty par for the course that there's going to be a TV avenue, you know, with the success of Daredevil, Flash, Arrow. Growing up, we had, <laughs> we had Thor and the Hulk. I'm sure you remember that. And then we had, um, Daredevil and Hulk. And they do not hold up. If you watch them nowadays, they're just absolutely atrocious. But to see a crossover in, in our day and age, that was huge. I think we all stayed in that night and watched that. Man, I don't know. I'm just having flashes of watching The Incredible Hulk. I used to watch that all the time. I even know that it was Bruce Banner. And then I heard that they changed the name to David Banner because the execs or something thought Bruce sounded like a, a name that was too gay or something. Like horribly, <laughs> that, that's the word of the street. 
Bruce is a gay name. We, we can't have our lead character named Bruce, so they turn it to David Bruce Banner. Yeah, think how funny it would be nowadays to do uh, David Bruce Jenner. I think you're onto something. New reality show. We'll get Marvel on board. I gotta say this in all sincerity, okay? Bruce Jenner's thing is Bruce Jenner's thing, and I think the worst thing for him, him to do right now is to get involved in another reality show or whatever. Bruce needs to focus on Bruce. Uh, he's made enough money through the through the decades. You know, he's not hurting. I mean, if anything, there's a you know, a manslaughter lawsuit because he got in a car wreck a month or two ago and someone died, unfortunately. He just kind of either fled the scene or something like that, a hit and run, something ridiculous. I caught the interview today, actually, when I was at work. Um, I kind of listened to it half-heartedly because I was actually trying to get some work done. I guess that happened right after the interview. <laughs> Sorry, the chat is making me laugh. Um, <laughs> I saw it too. Manslaughter, <laughs> poor choice of words. Thank you, dork of all trades in our chat. Yes. <laughs> the, the accident happened right after this uh, interview, and he refused to comment on it, but I'm wondering how much the paparazzi was involved. Kind of like a, a Princess Diana deal going down. Yeah, I mean, we can sit here and shit on celebrities all day, and, and trust us, folks, we're not a TMZ-type show. At the end of the day, you really got to have some sympathy towards people that are just trying to live their lives. And if you walk around the corner and people are snapping candid shots left and right, and you're just trying to you know, pick up milk at the grocery store or go down the street, I can see why some of these people just blow a gasket or something. I don't want to spend too much thing on, on Bruce Jenner, too much time on Bruce Jenner. That just sounds wrong, too. I don't want to spend too much time on Bruce Jenner. But, um, oh my! Uh, they did show some some clips during the interview of the the pap- paparazzi and how they approach him, and they're pretty fucking vulgar, like catcalling him and whistling and stuff. That, that's the shit you don't need in your life, you know. And that's why I'm saying Bruce is to t- take care of Bruce and fuck everybody else at this point. That's right, not and, literally, but well, yeah. <laughs> no, I guess we can have too much sex, I guess, or too much of a good thing. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> let's. Uh, Let's uh, see what else happened on the Twitter feed here. Robert Jackson won, who is usually in our chat when we go live on uh, Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. He's For whatever reason, he's not here. He's one of our chat regulars. But we got other people here, like Alan S. and, and Jeff B. Thank you. And uh, But uh, he said, here's some geeky news. Female Thor finally revealed. Spoilers. Courtesy of Nerdist.com. Um I'll just, I'll just defer to you, uh, good sir, because uh, every Tuesday... A few hours before the podcast, Steve gives me this laundry list of of topics for us to discuss, and I'm like, "Cool, <laughs> like, all right, I gotta go get shit done." But then I'll, I'll just show up and act like I know what I'm talking about. I'll smile and nod, and then defer to you. So, so what is up with this? I guess if you're a Thor, a Thor reader, if you're Thor, Thor, uh, I'm oh my god, my muscles are killing me. Uh, then you may want to uh, skip ahead. I don't know, five minutes or so, uh, but. I guess we'll talk spoilers now. The supposed identity of the new female Thor. What do we have here? Dr. Jane Foster. The end. What? (laughs) What? Yes, uh, apparently Jane Foster, the former girlfriend of Thor, is um, the current Thor in the Marvel Comics. Of course, played by Natalie Portman in the films. Um, Last time we saw Jane Foster, I guess, because honestly, I don't follow Thor, but uh, apparently she's battling cancer. And there's a quote from writer Jason Aaron that says, Jane Foster has been part of the Thor comics and the Thor mythology from almost the very beginning. The very act of picking up this hammer of becoming Thor is killing her. Where we go from here is the real story. Hmm. Very interesting. I I don't read Thor either. You know, I, and you know, he, he was, he was good in Ultron. He's good in all this, uh, 
in the cinematic universe, I find more entertainment value in the in the movie world than in the comics. So I have not been reading, especially the new ones. I, I just no clue. But that is an interesting uh, development, to be sure. Sexiest combination in the whole MCU. Thor, <laughs> Thor and uh, and Jane there definitely Ooh. the two sexiest peoples. That's right. Oh my! Then you have Thor porn. That's the next thing. Thorn. Thorn. That's right. Thornography. So anyways, uh, you know, of course, this is the big reveal for, for this week in comics. Nobody knows where this is going from here, but she's still going to be Thor from na- for now. And you have the ongoing Secret Wars crossover and uh, the new team of Avengers coming as a result. So it'll be an interesting run. Anyways, uh, I know when they debuted the female Thor, Thor sales uh, were up tremendously compared to male Thor comics. Um, and I wonder if this reveal will help or hinder how female Thor comics sell from this point forward. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I know that we, we have this common theme, this common thread on the past few episodes. We're talking about, you know, uh, the female superheroes and how they're not getting equal representation in various, you know, in the merchandising, you know, bl- yet another... Th- Black Widow, man, Marvel must not like her. They put out a, a, a toy where, you know, she drops out of the plane, except it, they have Captain America dropping out of the plane on the toy. It's like, wow, that is a slap in the face. And then, uh, just on, just now on Twitter, at Jensen Felon, uh, just said, but why no female superheroes on TV? It sucks. Hot guys and tights are nice, but we need some femme representation. But, you know, they've, they've had a bunch of false starts with Wonder Woman. Uh, but now, you know, you get them in Batman versus Superman. Uh, the film and which will eventually lead into the Justice League, but um, then Captain Marvel and the Marvel side will have uh, have some female love there. But uh, in terms of TV, I don't know, man. I guess I don't know. I know the Wonder Woman pilot didn't test well, so it didn't go into full production. I guess they're just gun shy on this shit. I don't get it because we grew up with a Wonder Woman show with Linda Carter, so. I don't know why it's so taboo now. If anything, in the 80s, coming off the, the, the big feminist uh, movement of the, the late 70s, um, it was still probably kind of risque to give Wonder Woman her own show. So, But nowadays, with all this equality, I don't get what the issue is. I don't get why studios wouldn't want to make a ton of money. Right, yeah. I mean, it's almost become a cliche in itself. Like, here's the badass chick that kicks ass. It's like, that's just, you gotta have one of those on your team nowadays. It's just expected. You know, and that's, and that's a good way because in the past, it's like, oh, these are the women, these are the victims, these are the damsels in distress and whatnot. Agents of Shield, you got Agent May, you got Ming Na Wen, and she's kicking ass and she's fucking 50 years old. Of course, she's Asian, so she looks half that. Hey, you know, maybe AKA Jessica Jones will, will be kind of a shot in the arm for the modern feminist uh, superhero movement. I don't know if you heard the news, but Daredevil got renewed on Netflix. I don't think anybody really had much doubt after the uh, tremendous outpouring of support after that first season was available. Uh, Rosario Dawson has signed a new contract to return to the show as Claire Temple. And they're starting to talk crossovers with some of the other series with uh, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, a.k.a. Jessica Jones, and The Defenders. And again, uh, a.k.a. Jessica Jones is going to be the next show coming on Netflix. We do have a new synopsis from Netflix, which says, Ever since her short-lived stint as a superhero ended tragically, Jessica Jones has been rebuilding her life and her career as a hot-tempered, sardonic, badass, private detective in New York City. Played by self-loathing and 
a wicked case of PSTD, Jessica battles demons from within and without, using her extraordinary abilities as an unlikely champion for those in need, especially if they're willing to cut her a check. Arrow on Constantine, Constantine on Arrow, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, <laughs> you know, uh, showing up on Daredevil, vice versa. Well, this all culminates into the, the Defenders, and it's been kind of teased, and of course, giant grain of salt, that we may see the Defenders, hopefully the lineup from Netflix, appearing in the Infinity Wars. And then we have what what people have already discussed. You know, we we've seen some crossover from cinematic onto TV with Agents of Shield. Uh, but if we go the other way around, we go TV, or in this case, I guess Netflix. Is Inhumans going to be a Netflix thing or an ABC thing? Do we know? I'm not sure. I think it's going to be a feature film. Oh, feature film. Okay, all right. See, now it's all blurring. It's all just like one big jumbled mess, man. It's all media, dude. You know, so I, I feel compelled to bring this up at this point. I think it's a good segue. Um, lots of superhero shit coming out. Tons and tons and tons. We've got everything from Marvel Cinematic Universe and DC Cinematic Universe. All the stuff that's on TV, then Valiant uh, stepping into the ring with both television and film projects planned. So now is when Brad Bird, my fucking hero, uh, decided to step forward with this tremendous announcement. And and what's that announcement, Kyle? <laughs> the one we've been waiting over a decade for? Incredibles 2? It just, I don't know. I profess my love for Incredibles over and over and over again. I will say definitively, having seen at least all of Marvel Cinematic Universe films, uh, the Incredible Incredibles is the best superhero film I've ever seen, theatrically and at home. Um, I've talked a lot about the possibility of oversaturation with the whole superhero genre, especially where it's crossing all the media. I, I I've wanted an Incredible sequel seven, eight years ago. I don't know if now is the best time for it, not with such a competing market when it comes to superheroes. Well, if they can bring back. You know, the Pixar magic, and unfortunately, as many great early films as, as they had outside of Toy Story, a lot of the sequels are pretty lackluster. I mean, I mean, that's not just an opinion of mine. It, it just seems to be across the board, critics-wise, fan-wise, uh, sequels that uh, to, to some of their films that, granted, they're just kind of unwarranted. And they were, they only greenlit because, uh, granted, you know, it's Pixar. People are going to go see it and it makes a shit ton of film. Like, let's see it up too. Like, really? No, let's not. Not that they have greenlit. They, I, I'm just saying, I'm just fucking around. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah, we, me and you have wanted an incredible sequels for so long that now, you know, this is like that Powerpuff Girls thing. Remember, Powerpuff Girls was was the number one thing on TV for years. And then when they got around to the movie, the movie came out and kind of tanked uh, because it's like they missed their window. Uh, but with the Marvel Universe, you know, they've mapped this shit out for the next, you know, what, five, six, seven years? If they can get Incredibles out in, in that window, and I'm sure they will, um Maybe, uh, maybe there'll still be something to latch onto, uh, that, that they can present something new and, and fresh and interesting that can almost poke fun at. Uh, you know, the self-referential humor is always a good thing. You take all the tropes, uh, exploit that in a funny way, which Incredibles was, was really, really good about. And having Brad Bird, who admittedly is a fucking genius, man, ever since 
Iron Giant and uh, God, he, he also was uh, like the lead animator or something, director, creator on uh, that Amazing Stories. Steven Steven Spielberg, the uh, the Family Dog. I forgot that uh, he was behind that as well, way back in the eighties. Like, holy shit, this dude's super super talented. Uh, and then of course Disney's Tomorrowland, which which drops in a couple weeks. Uh, that's got that's got big buzz too. I'm pretty psyched for that. But to see him go back back and forth, I, I'm pretty excited because of that of that of that caliber of, of talent behind it. It's not just Disney going, hey, let's make a sequel. Let's get the guy who actually did that and created that and bring him back on board. So it's not going to be like a Ridley Scott thing where it's like, let's have Ridley Scott and bring Prometheus, and that was just a big clusterfuck from hell. Um, someone whose whose time is past i guess unfortunately ridley scott was made genius early on films and then he's had financial success ever since then but he's not i don't think regarded his later films his most recent stuff has been regarded uh, in the way nearly the way alien and blade runner was back in the day and but brad bird still cranking out shit that's awesome in the live action realm for him to go back to animation which is where he began i see nothing but good stuff coming from this Honestly, I'm a little scared because, I mean, there's still no official announcement from Disney or Pixar. This is coming from Brad Bird during the promotion of uh, Tomorrowland, where he at least very, very, very strongly hints that this is going to be the next project he's working on. So you're probably looking at, conservatively, at least two years before this comes out. What's the the market going to be like two years from now? We we have not only what's already currently available and what's already slated, but then we also have shows like uh, Superwoman and and uh, Teen Titans all yet still to come, and and all the shit on Netflix. Two years from now, I don't know how burnt out we're going to be, um, or if you can go in with those fresh eyes like we did when we went in the Southern Incredibles the first time. Hmm. I mean, it's a good point, but again, they can they can probably adapt to to what is going on and uh again because you've got brad bird on board i trust this guy uh implicitly he's proved he's proven himself time and time again with this shit and it's like i'm not gonna you know everyone was waiting for incredibles but he wanted to to work on other projects which i could totally respect and then you know he got that out of his system pretty much like all right i'm ready to come back to this now um Obviously, there's 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 a demand for it. There's a desire for it. Whereas the other, you know, Pixar stuff and and, and admittedly, a lot of uh, some of the superhero stuff that's been greenlit. It's like really they're going there. We're ah uh, okay. Wh- which everyone is still waiting, you know, with a big question mark. Is Ant Man really going to make that much of a an impact? We hope, I guess. You know, there there's there's a chance, but there's also a. a you know, a chance that they could blunder too and, and go the way of Pixar where it's like we have this perfect streak and then suddenly, uh, we, we, we bit off more than we can chew. I mean, it's a possibility. I guess the one cool possibility, and of course, this is just me speculating. Um, in theory, anyways, they could bring some Marvel, co- Marvel characters into the fold. They could. And that was the big joke when Disney announced that they acquired Marvel and people just bitched and moan it's like we don't want to see wolverine and mickey you know mickey shows up in x-men all that shit <laughs> you know what yeah i'm gonna echo what jeff b in the chat says uh, ant-man does look fun um i've seen avengers age of Ultron twice now and seeing the ant-man trailer up on the big screen and i think it's a very well done trailer to begin with 
Um, that in and of itself does look like fun. Yeah. Yeah. Marvel has, has a proven track record of giving people a good time at the movies. Uh, the 3D thing, I'm not sold on, <laughs> but the, uh, but the big screen stuff, absolutely. They can, uh, they know how to fucking give you a lot of bang for your buck. Faux show. Jeff B in the chat says, wouldn't it be surprised if Stan Lee makes a cameo in Incredibles 2? <laughs> Why not? You know, Big Hero 6. <laughs> All that That's shit. funny, you know. I don't know if people think to include that in the list of Stan Lee's cameos. That was probably his beefiest cameo he's ever had was in Big Hero 6. Right, yeah. I guess he did talk a little bit longer than normal on the other cameos. Good stuff. Uh, all right. So we've confirmed that. We got that. I'm looking at the list of what we got here. I'll give you a little filler while you're looking at the list. Um, the reason I'm so giddy in this podcast is because I, I started taking my medicine long before we started rolling. Uh, <laughs> I started rolling long before we started rolling. Amen, uh, brother. Uh, I have a deck in the back of my house, and, and my kids and I created this uh, – new version of of soccer i guess we call it deck ball and we have our own rules and everything um and i learned the hard way over the last three days if you're gonna play ball on the deck make sure you have footwear on because saturday i broke the middle toe on my right foot and then um last night i broke the pinky toe on my left foot um Last night's was more fun because I was trying to stay off my right foot, so I planted on my right foot, hit with my left. I kicked a deck post in my my socks. So uh, fuck, man. Yeah, I'm in a lot of pain, and I'm, I'm walking like a penguin. I got the waddle going right now, and uh, I just I, I gotta control my pain levels to a more tolerable level. So unfortunately, as my pain levels decrease, my mental capacity also decreases. So yay. <laughs> he just can't take you anywhere no no i i think i'm under house arrest now oh shit man i was gonna add i mean now that you're basically home bedridden almost i guess i guess you're wobbling or you got a cane or you got a i don't know um i, I, mean, I was gonna of, i fucked my back up uh two octobers ago and that's been really sensitive, and I, I can't mow my lawn or anything anymore. My my poor wife, all 97 pounds of her, has to mow the lawn, and it's a little humorous to watch that. But, yeah, I should have a cane or, or a wheelchair probably at this point. Uh, but I keep marching through. i going to keep pushing forward. Are you going to gonna waddle to the theaters this weekend, check out Mad Max, Fury Road? you have any interest? No interest, none whatsoever. I mean, even going back to the first installment of the franchise, I don't know what it is. It just... Never interests me. It's like reverse water world. <laughs> well, Max did it first, you know, but it, it, it's funny. It's, it's gotten all this unanimous love. It's like a hundred percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. And, uh, it's kind of funny looking at the Hollywood premiere where you have Mel Gibson show up and in every picture, uh, with Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy does not look happy to be there. <laughs> I don't know if he's like, Oh shit, is Mel gonna kick my ass or something? Or it's like this is a, a little nerve wracking, but um Go off on a long drunken tube tirade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, what's gonna happen now? Is he really literally gonna go mad? Um I'm stoked. I, I I besides Star Wars, this was the other big one that I'm looking forward to. 
Uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Ultron. I'll, I'll still go see it again, actually. But uh, Mad Max, yeah, Fury, Fury Road. I'm, I'm super hyped for that. Also for the Mondo soundtracks that they're releasing. Fucking Mondo, man. I need more clutter. I need more clutter in my fucking man cave. After I give all this shit away, I'm holding my, I'm holding my own on the on the vinyl though. I'm holding on to that. That's the precious. Until until eight track, I guess, becomes the next big thing. Then you'd be pawning your vinyl for eight track. And dude, I never I never went through eight track. I, I never did personally, but I I grew up. Uh, very stereotypically 70s. My, my dad had a van and it had the shag rug and it had the eight track player. And oh, yeah, I saw Star Wars, uh, A New Hope in the drive in theater in 77 in that van. That, that's how 70 that gets. <laughs> you expect like, uh, Cheech and Chong to come falling out of it or something? My dad had a lot of associates who very much remind me of Cheech and Chong. <laughs> that was still the era of love, you know. At least you still had free love and, and and peace going on at that time. That was that was crazy times. Yeah, people going down to the VD clinic and getting penicillin shots every other day. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> let's go back to the geeky news as we continue to derail. Uh, <laughs> hey, how about more spoiler talk? Civil War. There's a synopsis and cast confirmation. This is going to be like the most. <laughs> character star ridden thing ever. I, you know, I got to say this, and I, I keep laughing every time I think about this. What were what was what was people's biggest complaint with Raimi's third Spider-Man installment? Too fucking much. Way too, too much. Too much. Too many characters. Too many. Too many villains. Um, well, set that all aside because, as you said, this. this it's not only going to be the largest grouping of heroes to hit the big screen, probably the largest grouping of heroes to be on the big screen for a while. So confirmation that we have so far characters that are going to appear in uh, Captain America Civil War. We have, of course, um, Captain America's coming back. Going to be a Captain America movie without Steve Rogers. You have Robert Downey Jr. coming back as Tony Stark slash Iron Man. Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff slash Black Widow. Sebastian Stan as Bucky. And, of course, I fucking love the hell out of Bucky in Captain America, too. So I'm excited to see him coming back. Um, Anthony Mackie coming back as Sam Wilson, Wilson uh, Falcon. You get the Vision coming back, which I really want to see more Vision as well. Hell, yeah. Can't get enough Vision. More Hawkeye, more War Machine, more Scarlet Witch, and now we know Ant-Man, after his big premiere coming up on uh, July 17th, <clears throat> is going to be showing up in Civil War. And on top of all of that, we have the announcement that Black Panther will be the Civil War. Um, Sharon Carter, Agent 13, will also be making her first uh, big screen debut in Civil War. You have... Baron Helmet Zero coming. You got Crossbones, which has been teased for a while. Um, this was kind of a surprise to me. Uh, General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, who ends up becoming Red Hulk, is also going to be in this film. Um, and that's going to be... I, I, don't, I don't know. We get Martin Friedman in here, and I guess nobody knows what the fuck Martin Friedman is doing right now, but he's going to be in the film as well. Well, so, he, his schedule's free after three Hobbit films. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> Always take home another nice big paycheck. 
but that's a lot of people. Um, and of course, the, the, the big, big, big reveal that, you know, this is supposed to be anyway, Spider-Man's first, uh, big theatrical tease anyway with Marvel and Disney. Yeah, uh, Jeff B. in our chat says, I can't wait to see William Hurt back as Thunderbolt Ross. That's all right. You know, he was in the Hulk with uh, Ed Norton, and the, that that was one of those first big, uh, some people argue it's the best part of the film, is the big post-credits. You got Thunderbolt uh, in a bar with Tony Stark. It's like, oh, shit, this was before Iron Man 1. Like, oh yeah, man, they really are. They're 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 pulling all pulling out all the stops on this one. This is and this is a Captain America movie. This is a Captain America movie. This isn't an Avengers movie, and this is insane. This is definitely the the biggest. Uh, I don't want to say cramming, but culmination of heroes and villains on the screen um, that's ever been seen before. The the thing that surprises me with with bringing uh, Ross in is. Is it going to be to hunt down the Hulk specifically? You know, are we really going to get to that point where there's such a rift where, you know, oh, got to call on somebody and rein in the Hulk? Maybe we'll see Red Hulk. Maybe. Oh, Hulk was after Iron Man one. My bad. Man, we have a. Uh, <laughs> it's good that we have people that keep us on uh, keep us on track when we're sitting here. Or a Geek News podcast. We can't remember. You remember that show with that character and that thing? Well, I mean, Jesus, there's so many. Marvel movies now, and there's some, admittedly, we kind of want to pretend didn't happen. So, yeah, just to, when you get our age, that's getting a little foggy on which came first and who was in what. I don't even know anymore. Uh, man, let's see. Um, we got news from uh, Hugh Jackman. Uh, he's been Wolverine. I've lost count. Quick, chat room. <laughs> 57 times he's been Wolverine. Um but he is uh, confirming that his last appearance as that well-beloved X-Men character uh, is coming up. And what film will that be? That will be Wolverine 3. Um, the third Wolverine movie expected to be released, be released in 2017. And Jackman's just come right out now and said it. He, he had a teaser picture on uh, Twitter not too long ago with one hand up with the claws and of course it's three claws in Wolverine and he said uh you know this is gonna be my last time playing Wolverine but now he's come out he's actually commented saying that this would be his last one uh he was asked about this on the Dr. Oz show which doesn't make any sense to me but that doesn't matter um he says I kind of have in my head what we're gonna do in the last one it just feels like it's the perfect way to go out now some people are guessing, you know, Wolverine has died in the comic books. Granted, nobody in the Marvel Universe stays dead except Uncle Ben. Um, so maybe they will find a way to kill him off. And either way, Jackman's uh, iconic roles come to an end. The character was... Uh, Days Future Past. Um... I, I think he's going to be difficult to replace. I know sometimes we talk a lot about characters getting uh, typecast in specific roles, and it's hard to find work after that. Um, but I think the other side of the coin is what's the fan base going to react to when it's not Jackman as, as Wolverine? There's some kicking and moaning at first that he was kind of too tall and, and everything to be Wolverine, but he ended up leaving a presence. He played Wolverine for 17 years. That's amazing. So... uh how do you feel about somebody else stepping into the tights with the claws? Glenn Danzig. 
<laughs> Duh, you know, absolutely. <laughs> if if only. <laughs> Jerry only? <laughs> oh, don't even start that debate. Oh, God. <laughs> He's not a misfit. <laughs> He's not a misfit. Why are you just a misfit? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you change an iconic character like that, yeah, heads will roll. People will, I mean, I don't know if at that point Marvel's even going to, you know, even try. That'd be like, you know, not having Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, right? I mean, because he he has the pull now to say, I don't want to do an Iron Man 4, and they'll they'll probably stick to that, right? They'll, they'll just, you know, beyond the Avengers, the Infinity War 1 and 2, Civil War, damn. <laughs> But that's the big question, you know, is what happens after all of that. Um, we already have a pretty good idea from Marvel slash Disney that a lot of the characters, a lot of the established Avengers aren't going to be in, in, aren't going to be in Infinity Wars part one, but they'll have their big comeback in Infinity Wars part two, which comes out a year after the first one. Um, and that's going to be the huge shakeup. You know, that's Marvel moving into phase four, I believe. And you may not see Chris Helmsworth anymore. You may not see Robert Downey Jr. anymore. And if you do, it, it might be very peripherally, just just very small cameos in some of the films coming up. But, you know, Downey's, I think, done so much to jeopardize the franchise as it is already with some of his uh, demands for salary. I don't know if he wants to keep doing it. I don't know if they want to keep putting up with doing it. So it's going to be very interesting after Infinity Wars Part 2. I have the rumors that they're somewhat notoriously cheap at that corporation, so I don't know. Just because they make a lot of money doesn't mean they're willing to spend a lot of money. Being a shared universe, you can have the characters showing up in film after film after film, and that's happened a lot with um, with Black Widow, <clears throat> with, with uh, Iron Man popping up in other franchises. You could hire all the C-listers you want, but after enough Disney Marvel films... It kind of puts you up in that tier where you can start saying, hey, you know, I'd really like some money. Like, uh, Helmsworth was considered like a B-lister or a C-lister. But now, you know, he can start putting his hand out and saying, oh, you want me in the next film? It's going to cost you this much. And then multiply that by the number of people you have in these films. And, yeah, at some point they're going to have to start, you know, calling that in, getting people to replace other people. I just don't know how shocking or, or jarring it's going to be. I don't. I don't know if I want to go to a movie and see a new Captain America and a new Iron Man and a new Thor all in the same film. <laughs> that goes back to the one shots where okay, here's a standalone Iron Man movie. We're, we're going to introduce the new uh, Tony Stark, and here's a new standalone Captain America. And we're going to introduce the new Steve Rogers. I don't know which is worse. And in a comic book panel, that would take like. Two panels out of the 26 pages, right? The 24 pages. <laughs> like, Iron Man's in this issue, yeah, for a panel or two, and then he's gone. And that's what you might see. Unless uh, CG technology really that gets that good, and you have CG Robert Downer Jr. And CG <laughs> uh, Helmsworth. I don't know. Yeah, and we can have Old Man Logan. We can actually have Clint Eastwood show up, because now he's too old to be Old Man Logan. <laughs> but he would have been a damn good one 10, 20 years ago. <laughs> Speaking of 10, 20 years ago, i, I got to get this out there. Right before we started, I saw two trailers, and the first trailer I saw was for the new Muppet Show, which is actually finally greenlit. We know when it's coming out. I believe it's January 24th. It's going to be um, Tuesdays on ABC, and I encourage everybody, whether you're familiar with the Muppets or not, to check out the trailer. Go over to YouTube, check out the trailer for the series, um, because it shocked the shit out of me. Now, 
I grew up with the Muppet Show. Uh, the Muppet Show was one of the highlights of my childhood. I, I couldn't wait until you know seven thirty at night, whatever night of the week it was. I knew Muppet Show was coming on. Uh, change the channel, sit down, watch it. But kind of like in the Warner Brothers fashion, it was very adult for its time, and a lot of shit went over kids' heads. And I'm very proud to report after watching the trailer. They certainly keep it very adult, and some of it's going to go over kids' heads, but I'm kind of shocked on the level of how far they pushed it. (laughs) Hearing the words Muppets and shock in the same sentence, that alone is a shocking concept. It's like, I I felt the same way. I watched The Muppet Show religiously as a kid. It came on during prime time, pretty much. When I was growing up in, in Texas, it came on at like 6.30 on NBC. It was just like required viewing for me. It's like, oh man, that, that was, that was great. And I really, really thoroughly enjoyed the two, I don't know if you want to call them reboots, but you know, the most recent cinematic movie, Muppet movies, because they, they made a handful of mediocre ones, admittedly, uh, through the 2000s and all that. Some people, you know, hold them in high regard and, and whatnot, but you know, you basically started high and then kind of, the quality started dipping down after the original Muppet movie in, in, in the seventies. And, and it makes me sad sometimes when I'm, I'm talking to, like, I go to these anime conventions and which are now basically pop culture conventions. Rarely people are actually talking about anime anymore at anime conventions. I go there and, and I'm talking about Muppets and people just look at you with a blank stare. Like, what, what's that? Puppets? Why would I watch that? That's something that like for little kids. It's like, no, you have no idea. You have no idea. I know I sound like a crazy old man. You want to do clockwork orange style. Just peel their eyelids open and put the water droplets on each eye and just force feed them the, the, the genius uh, of the Muppet show. It's, it's a different format from what we grew up with. And I think that's probably a good thing because you don't want to see this same old tired formula being recycled this is more of a i guess like a reality tv show where you get to see they're still in the theater they're still doing their their shtick um vaudevillian type theater but uh this show is going to focus on stuff that goes on behind the scenes it's going to focus on stuff that goes on in their personal lives their home lives um and yes there is actually a, a part of the trailer where kermit is stoned and i'm not speculating that he's stoned they tell you Kermit is stoned, his eyes are all red, and he makes a comment about being able to do this legally now. Fuck, man, I haven't seen this yet. I gotta watch this. You gotta watch it. Like I said, they, they certainly kept that uh, adult nature in mind with this. And being on ABC, being being a, a Disney-owned uh, network channel, I'm kind of shocked that they went that far, but... I'm digging the shit out of it already. They did try the old formula before. I think Disney Channel tried to relaunch it, and it just you know imploded. It was bad. No one cared for it. And they had their own legal issues with the Muppets rights going back and forth with the Henson Company and, and uh, different, like a, a German company owning it, and then now Disney taking it back under the fold and, and whatnot. Yeah, that's that's cool, man. I. <laughs> I have no other opinions other than I've loved the Muppets my whole life. Uh, I will go see every new Muppet film and definitely check out, uh, a venture because they, they can, they have something to bring to the table if they're going to, you know, parody reality shows and try a different format. You know, kudos to them. In a way, it's, it's a shame we don't have Jim Henson anymore and you just couldn't afford Frank Oz at this point. But from what I saw from, from this announcement trailer, I'm already hooked. You got me in for probably at least the first five episodes. Now you sit down and watch your kid as, as, as Kermit's sitting there talking about getting baked. <laughs> well, you know, again, uh, 
I, I think a lot of that goes over kids' heads. Uh, there's a lot of videos on YouTube that show a lot of Warner Brothers jokes or, or even Nickelodeon. They get pretty dirty sometimes. Yes, and they do. Of course, the infamous Animaniacs with fingerprints. Um, yeah, there's always been a lot of nastiness on the airwaves that go over the kids' heads. And the parents, I, I think, do a double take and then hopefully laugh their asses off and not get all butt hurt. Yeah, who didn't love saying that they had a song about Lake Titicaca on Animaniacs? It's like, how did this get past censors? Were they asleep? They had to know. They had to know what they were doing. They were sneaking in in the fingerprints. Like, fingerprints? No, I don't think so. Like, what? Yeah. But that's the great thing about it is they, they sneak it in and don't wait for the double take. They just keep going, going, going. It's not intended to be rude and, and vulgar. It's not Family Guy or South Park. It's uh, it's very well done. It, it's tasteful vulgar, I guess. <laughs> and, you know, the old continues to be new again. Um Mulder and Scully coming back. This is pretty, pretty awesome. It was announced just a few months ago that uh, X-Files is coming back to TV. You know, hell is frozen over. You thought it was done. It ain't done. It's coming back. And apparently there's a premiere date. So now we can even look. This thing really is happening. It really is happening. It's pretty weird because this is um, set to debut on January 24th on Fox. And this comes right on the coattails of the NFL's blockbuster NFC Championship game. So if you're a sports geek, which I kind of can be at times, you watch the big game. And then after that, you get to kick back and chill with some X-Files. Um, what's kind of interesting, and to kind of diverge from the X-Files announcement a little bit, is the X-Files in itself is serving as a launching pad for another program. And it's going to be for a mid-season drama called Lucifer. And uh, it'll it'll eventually settle into the Monday 9 p.m. slot behind Gotham when Minority Report when Minority Report finishes its run, and Gotham is um, Gotham <laughs> Lucifer is based on a DC Comics property revolving revolving around the devil re- relocating to Los Angeles out of boredom to help police fight crime. So that's a pretty twisted premise there. Um, I Michael dig that. Well, after X Files, sure. Yeah, that sounds like a good slot. I like that. Um... Neil Gaiman on his Twitter feed said he's already seen the debut episode of Lucifer and he thinks people are going to enjoy it. And having a, a, a seal of approval from someone who's utilized that character in very interesting ways in his own Sandman comic decades ago. Yeah, that, that, that one came out of left field. It's like Lucifer is getting a TV series. <laughs> like, okay. Named Lucifer. So yay. <laughs> yeah. They, they didn't change it to be cute. It's like, this is Lou, Lou Cypher. You know, nothing, nothing, nothing. It's just blatant. It's like, this is devil, the devil. Here he is. He's, he's, cause he's bored. <laughs> he's going to go to LA. Okay. Well, there's plenty to keep him busy here. Uh, you know, I'm still trying to have high hopes for X-Files, but the more I think about it, the more I, I'm just settling into disappointment. I think, I, I think sometimes it's really hard just to, to capture lightning in a bottle and bring that back, that old feel and everything. And the world's changed significantly since the X-Files aired. Um, but I'm trying not to be that doubter. I still want it to be good. I want to believe, but we'll see. <laughs> I see what you did there. Like, if you ever pop open, I mean, I don't know if Netflix has them. Are they, Netflix have all the X-Files now? I don't know. I have watched some episodes not too long ago. Um, unfortunately, the ones I was privy to was kind of Monster of the Week shit. And, yeah, I don't want to see more of that. I want to see more of the mythology, even though I know 
as a rational person that even the mythology stuff's all utter bullshit. Um, but I like the dynamics. And now, you know, Scalder and Molly can just fuck. They don't, they don't have to play the, the will they, won't they game. They can go right to boning. <laughs> then it'll be triple X files. Let's just cut to the chase. It's like, all right. You know, his, his character is obsessed with porn. She'll walk in on him jerking off. And then next thing you know, yeah, I think I'd tune in for half a season of that. <laughs> I think Julian Anderson is still fucking hot, so absolutely. Yeah, time has been kind to both of them. And uh, my girlfriend turned me on to Californication, actually, David Duchovny's uh, Showtime series, which is now on Netflix. And it's like, I'm late to the party, but that's a fucking, that's a that's a good fucked up show. Yeah. <laughs> no comment. He's like, I don't know. I fucking care. It's like, whatever. It's cool. Um what else do we got? We got a few more minutes left to let's pad. There, 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 another big, a big week of news. And again, something that people are not asking for. If anything, you're going to start dreading this is Lucasfilm has confirmed, uh, <laughs> another Indiana Jones movie. Well, yeah. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy, you know, Run, running up the, the, the big Disney corporate ladder Lucasfilm thing. Um, she said they're currently in early discussion about the next film franchise. She confirmed rumors that an indie movie will one day be made by this company. And for when it will happen, they're not sure. But they've started working on a script. And uh, they're talking about it. So I don't know if this comes back to more weight with the initial rumor that went around that, you know, it would be Indiana Star-Lord. Which I'm still kind of okay with. I think that could work. Chris Pratt could own it. That I mean, you think something as iconic as Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, you think it's like there's no way anybody could touch it. But I'm thinking, yeah, you could reboot that series and someone with that much uh, charisma as Chris Pratt has. It's like I could buy that. Not the Shia LaBeouf direction they were going earlier. No, and I think what, what kind of helps... Um, make me excited for it is that unfortunately we as fans and George Lucas as a human learned a lot of lessons with the prequel uh, Star Wars trilogy Abrams hopefully and we won't know until December uh, learned those lessons and doesn't want to burn the fan base again back to the practical effects and back to what we're, we feel very familiar with I hope, and I really do think that's the case with Indiana Jones. I think they understand the fourth one was so horribly done, and there should be public apologies for anybody who had to watch that film. And I hope they learn those lessons, and I hope whatever they bring to the table is going to be more in the vein of Raiders of the Lost Ark and, and far, far, far away from Crystal Skull. Well, this would be an interesting thing. Looking on our chat room, tell them Steve Dave Ninja Ant says, have Harrison play like the Sean, Car- Sean Connery character. Have him be the dad with Chris I, Pratt. I, I'll go for that, too. Absolutely. <laughs> Harrison Ford is Chris Pratt's dad? Fuck yeah. Let's start that petition. Let's make it happen. Come on, Hollywood. Listen to the pulse of the people on Twitter. Let's make this the hashtag trend. And we got to hurry up because Ford almost died during the filming of Star Wars and almost died shortly after the filming of Star Wars. So, Dude, that, that, that guy has crashed his plane so many times. 
Yeah, we're going to lose him, not on the set of a movie. I imagine he's just going to crash a plane. He's just going to go out that way because he is just addicted to flying. I think he's just an adrenaline junkie at this point. Age is no factor. He's like, fuck, I'm going to go ahead and do this. So <laughs> It's like, I've done everything, seen everything, done everyone. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Is he still with Callisto Flockhart? Oh, shit, is he? Wow. Maybe? It's kind of sad that she's, you know, going to outlive him by 60 years. Yeah. But a lot of people don't mind. Um, what else do we got here? Oh, we got a couple more stories. Let's, uh, let's hear about uh, Nintendo coming to Universal Studios theme parks. What? All I got to say is, what the fuck, man? Really? I mean, first, Nintendo announces They've got a long-term plan that to, to slowly, you know, leak out games on the mobile platform, which makes perfect sense. But really, they're gonna they're gonna leak it out slowly. Come on, man, strike while the iron's hot. But now, coming to a theme park. Well, I mean, sure, why not? I guess it makes perfect sense. Why not their own theme park? Why not dream bigger? <laughs> well, because then you own it, and you know, like you said. Um, this isn't a Nintendo theme park. It's Nintendo themed things at Universal's theme parks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we talked, I think, just last episode about how Nintendo still seems to be really uh, protective of their, their properties. So this is probably a good way to do it. Um, but yeah, Nintendo announced it's bringing its games and characters to Universal theme parks. And this isn't really out of the blue for Nintendo. They've actually debated and discussed about having their own uh, theme park in different forms. And I guess in in 2010, they were actually debating whether or not to do this. Um, Marvel Studios Japan has uh, Monster Hunter and Resident Evil attractions, which I thought was really weird and really cool at the same time. So, I don't know. Uh... Biggest problem for me, I'm far, far, far away from a Universal theme park. For you, where it's more accessible, does it get you in the gates of Universal any faster? Uh, no. Because, <laughs> you know, they've had these things through the years. They had, you know, the Simpsons ride, and I guess if you go down to Florida, you got a Spider-Man thing and, and whatnot. I guess they, they probably don't now. They did uh, before Disney took it over. Uh, but, man, looking at uh, our chat, Jeff B., it's like, man, this, this makes perfect sense to him because he's thinking about, oh, Mario Sunshine Water Park featuring Splatoon, you know, uh, Star Fox, you know, uh, Mario Kart The Ride, Luigi's Mansion, F-Zero Simulator, Smash Brothers Stage Show, Battletoads. Why not? Why not Battletoads, Ninja, Ninja Ant? We, we could do that, too, I guess. I'm guessing that a Smash Brothers Stage Show could actually be pretty badass. It could. It could. I'm wondering if, uh, I still don't wonder if you have a video game themed theme park, just in general, where you have everybody in there. Nintendo, Sega, Micro. I mean, there's too much, uh, no one would, no one would probably, uh, it's fun to, to imagine, but I imagine every company's so proprietary about their shit that it's like it would never happen. But can you imagine? Because you can go into, you know, arcade themed bars. And, you know, you pay your tab and you have everything from Atari 2600 to an, a, a PS4 and everything in between. And you just carte blanche in there. You do whatever you want. Imagine having rides and nothing but a video game themed 
theme park. I'm really surprised we haven't seen it yet. I'm surprised we haven't seen more integration with the, the video game properties with theme parks. Um, so I guess people are going to be watching and, and waiting, perhaps with bated breath. There's an entrepreneur listening to our podcast right now, just casually, you know, taking a shit, shaving or whatever, and go, that's a great idea. I'm going to invest in that. <laughs> I mean, the kid in me would love to do like 80s world and basically just have a giant theme park full of arcade cabinets and pinball machines and, and ski ball and air hockey. But, you know, the kids today be like, what the fuck's that? Yeah, this giant fucking... 800 pound machine that plays one game and you got to pay to play that one shitty game. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh, I remember back in the day that I had to pay a quarter. And now suddenly you want to pay the same, you want to play the same game. Now it's going to cost you a dollar buck fitty. Actually. It's sad. It's like comic book prices. <laughs> yeah. Um, lastly, uh, Digimon, that you know what's old is new again uh i've i've had the pleasure as a voice actor of working on uh digimon through the years on various incarnations the current one um i actually voiced two of the main cast you could look that up on my website com, everybody uh but anyway um another show is this a show or a game it is uh, kind of neither. It is the announcement is this is going to be theatrical, and it's actually a six-part theatrical anime. So, whoa! Oh my goodness! Um, wow, six-part. This is Digimon's fifteenth anniversary. So, what they're calling this is Digimon Adventure Tri. Is T R I period, and I don't know what the abbreviation stands for. So, we'll just call it Digimon Adventure Tri. Um, and yeah, uh, Toy just released the, the details. There's a teaser trailer, um, online. I have to emphasize teaser because it's a lot of stills of the new characters who are going to appear in the series. And I'm pretty sure Ty from the first series is in this, but correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you don't get to see a lot of action or a lot of sh- shit from the, the films. You do get to see War Greymon, which is really cool. But, um, yeah, it's revealed as a six part theatrical anime. And the first one's titled Reunion, and it's going to premiere in Japanese cinemas on November 21st of this year. And that's about all I have for that announcement, but uh, I don't know. Digimon's not too bad. To me, not as good as something like Dragon Ball Z, but not as bad as something like Yu-Gi-Oh! My wife and I really enjoyed the shit out of the first two uh, seasons. It was really dark, and it was pretty cool. I kind of fell out of it after that i don't know about a six-part theatrical anime i don't know if it'll port over to the u.s as theatrical or, or straight to dvd and blu-ray but uh whatever more power to him maybe the success of dragon ball z coming back out theatrically is helping this along yeah it sounds like you know they had success over there in japan obviously enough to warrant multiple series and so if they're they're feeling pretty confident they can keep that alive here i'm i'm not sure if Digimon has the same pull domestically in North America the way it has in Japan. So maybe if the films got licensed, maybe they would be dubbed and maybe they'd have online distribution or something. Not so sure. Theatrically released stuff. I mean, yeah, the DBZ stuff I knew would do good. It's not, I'm not biased because I got to be a part of the cast, but I'm, you know, something huge like that. Like I think Sailor Moon would do great if you brought out a Sailor Moon movie and put it out theatrically, it would it would do extremely well. 
some some of these old properties and all that. Digimon, I don't know. I mean, Digimon, I think, came out before Pokemon in uh, in Japan. So, and we thought because Digimon came out after Pokemon did in the states, that is, like, oh, it's just a clone, but it held its own. Yeah, it's kind of, I guess, uh, Tamagotchi based. So mm-hmm. it's very interesting. Um, you know, it's funny because I keep forgetting Dragon Ball Z has a new series coming out, and then I'll spontaneously remember it, and it's just like spontaneous orgasm, and then I forget about it for a while, and then I remember, oh yeah, this new Dragon Ball Z coming out, and I orgasm again. So that's pretty weird. Right. And then uh, lastly, because we're running long, uh, the Goku Day, officially recognized in Japan as May 9th? Yes, May 9th is officially the recognition of Goku Day. They had uh, Goku's voice actress. I'm going to butcher this, so I apologize in advance. Masako? Masako. Yeah, Masako Nozawa. Yeah, you got it. Oh, not too bad. Um, This is after a screening that they held in commemoration of Dragon Ball Z Resurrection F. Um, on Saturday to com- commemorate this new day. Uh, she's really excited as fuck about it. Um, uh, geez, I don't even know what more I can say about that. Um, she, she felt like she was going to cry when she learned the news that they made this official recognition of Goku Day. Um, however, you know, Japan, being Japan, they, they celebrate some pretty weird days. They've officially declared February 2nd as Twin Tail Day. May 4th, of course, is Star Wars Day. They also have a Terminator Day, a Caesar Salad Day, and um, a Mascara Day, which I think is for both sexes, and a Queen Day. And the Queen Day is actually not a reference to any type of royalty. It's in reference to the band Queen, and they celebrate that on April 17th. Dude, I'm all about that. Holy shit. That's what I instantly thought as soon as you said Queen. I didn't think about, oh, oh, I have the Queen. Like, no, fucking Queen, man. (laughs) <laughs> Put it on your calendar, April 17th, and annually, you can rock out with your cock out and go, no, no, it's officially Queen Day. Well, there you go. And on that note, we have come to the end of our 25th episode of the Big Ball Broadcast. Kudos to all of our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us on Smodcast.com. And uh, shout-outs to Dork of All Trades, Alan S. Tell them Steve, Dave, Ninja Ant, Robert J., Jeff B., everyone else who listens to our show each and every week. We encourage you to go to Smodcast.com and check out our archives or on iTunes or whatnot and catch up with all our our lovely shows. Um, Until next time, this is Kyle Hebert. And this is Otherworld Steve. See ya! Special thanks to Will Wilkins and Jason Peer. Music provided by iShine, Perimeter of the Void, and Zero Reynolds. Follow us on Twitter at BB Broadcast and email thebigballbroadcast at gmail.com. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at smodcast.com. <laughs>